welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Win Pod Repeat, where Sam tries to uh, make takes about the Red Sox, and then Spencer's right. I might have lost a bet and had to say that. I actually didn't lose a bet, but uh, Spencer's been telling me all weekend that he was right and I was wrong. Spencer, Wellington with me. How you doing, bud? I'm good, Sam. It just shows that you're a man of integrity, um, admitting when you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, we, we appreciate that. Um and, uh, you know, you titled this episode, Spencer was right and Sam was wrong. I'm thinking we might just need to name the podcast that because no, it just no, keeps no, happening. No, 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 no. I mean, you know, you were right about the Rays and the Milwaukee Brewers. Yep. Um, and the Red Sox. Yep. Um, I'm, try- I'm trying to think about anything that I was right about. So I actually, can't remember. Um, we're, we're coming up on you actually being right about our Hyunjin Ryu bet. Yes, um, that's I'm right. I'm very scared because he's approaching 150 <laughs> innings pitch very fast. Uh, for you, those and... not in the loop, uh, in my <laughs> pandemic hysteria last summer, I bet Sam that Hyunjin Ryu would not, uh, that he would get hurt this year uh, due to his fragile history. And, and so far he's not done that. And our bet was 50 fucking dollars. 50 big ones, baby. So that oh. was stupid. <laughs> By the way, for anyone that wants to know, he's 133 innings. He's so close. I'm praying. <laughs> That's I'm praying it. for his elbow to give out any day. I'm waiting for like 149.2 and yep. like he can't get the last out. By the Where's way, his when, ACL? I'm keeping track of it and I'm going to FaceTime you like as it happens. Good. Um, so I could be I like, yeah. oh, it's going to be electric. It's going to be the greatest moment of the Blue Jays season is me winning my $50. And then, I'm gonna, you. and then I'm going to go to the bar that night. It's going to be incredible. And lose it all. Lose it all. Lose, absolutely. But you know what? It was, it was a good run while well, we had it. But mm-hmm. anyway, back to the point. Boston Red Sox. After I went on last week's podcast and said the season was over, everything's done, everything's pointless, and Spencer said, no, Sam, it's not over. It's not even close to being over. The Red Sox are still definitely, most likely, going to make the postseason. And then what happened? Well, let me tell you, Spencer. Chris Sale came back, and he looked fucking amazing. He pitched eight strikeouts, no walks, what, five innings, two earned runs? Yep. Absolutely. Everything you want from a guy that hasn't pitched in two years, literally Two two years. Two years. Came back. Hmm, what was that? Two years. Yeah, I know. Yep. Unbelievable. I think you said three years. I was like, was no. it three? Oh, man. But yeah. <laughs> so before we dive into the bigger fact that the Red Sox kicked fucking ass this weekend, initial thoughts from you, Spencer, Chris Sale performance, just break it down for me. Yeah. So um, I was very excited to to watch that game, um, you know, had it marked on the calendar. And like, I, I don't have that feeling for many regular season baseball games. Um, so it was more like a football game or a postseason game or something like that. Um, just knowing that Chris Hale was back and getting to watch him again, um, you could feel the vibe going into the going into the broadcast um, from the broadcast booth and um, Nesson's like production and everything. You could feel it uh, with the crowd, um, you know, like cheering as he walked out to the mound and everything. It was like chills. Um, and then you know he he made a start and he he got what like near ninety pitches and. He looked fine, and um, he wasn't perfect. He wasn't like, you know, peak Chris Sale, um, and you couldn't possibly expect him to be that. So uh, I think Saturday was just about as as good as you could have hoped for. Um, you know, giving up a couple of solo shots—that's that is what it is. 
Um, but you saw him kind of find his slider as the day went on. The first couple, he was trying to kind of backdoor him, and he stayed off the plate. Um, as the game went on, you know, that became that sweeping slider going um, under swings. Uh, the fastball got up to 95, 96 as the game went on. The changeup was was ridiculous from the very beginning. So, um, you know, he's going to – he's only going to get better as he goes. That's, you know, that's a baseline that he just set. And it's miles, miles ahead of where Martin Perez and Garrett Richards have been. So um, you have him, you have Hauk, who just keeps shoving. Um, and all of a sudden, the rotation looks just like I predicted it would last week. So uh, it's something to be excited about. Is this why Andrew Friedman called you? Are you are you a prophet, a wizard? It's one, it's one of the reasons. Yeah. It's one of the reasons. Yeah. Can you name me, like, give me one other reason. I mean, I told him to get Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. You're right, and that's paying off. That's the reason. By the way, on a side note, did you hear that story Dave Roberts told about Max about Scherzer? About Max Scherzer? I did hear that. That's incredible. Yeah. That's, by the way, um, I, that's, yeah, that's unbelievable. Um, it makes me love Max Don't Scherzer fucking touch more. Me. Yep. <laughs> what, a, what a fucking But, like, gamer. apparently, he, like, I don't know, like, whispered it or something, or it was just like, yeah. Like, oh, he, 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 was like, he was, like, trying not to yell at him. Yeah, he was like, I was trying to be as polite as I could. That's unbelievable. I, I, want, I don't know if anyone asked him about it afterwards. I really hope that they did. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that they did, but uh, I didn't hear it. So if we find anything, I'm going to have to get back to you. But, again, so I want to, I wanna, like you said, you were talking about all the things – Chris Sale was doing well, and I just want to give some numbers to talk about what you're saying. Mm-hmm. 45% whiff rate on his fastball. He generated 22 swings. 10 of them were swings and misses. Um, 36% whiff rate overall. You're talking about his changeup working for him. His changeup was great. Um, it was average, averaging 74.3 mile an hour exit velocity, so lots of soft contact. Um, average exit velocity on the day, by the way, 77.5 miles per hour. Tons of soft contact. We love to see that. Um the thing I want to kind of put to this is just like the press conference I thought afterwards like made me even more excited to have Chris Sale back. And I have some of the quotes up um, and I just want to like read one. Um, I was talking about like how like how like this whole experience changed him. And he's like, this thing was taken away from me for the past two years. It made me realize how much I needed this game and how much I needed my teammates. They made me feel complete again. I had a hole in my chest for the last two years and it sucked. And like stuff like that, where that's, a, that's a very powerful quote. Holy shit! And like all of it was great. Like the, I, I, I could keep reading these quotes all day. Like he was literally talking about how like he's never gonna take baseball for granted ever again. Like yeah. I, I just feel like he's just gonna come out and like just fucking ball the rest of the year. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, man. The other thing that I think is really significant about this whole thing. And I know it's a little different in terms of the timing of the other two, but think about the two people that kind of had Tommy John around the same time, you know, Chris Sale did, which was Noah Syndergaard, who he did it right before the 2020 season. So he's obviously mm-hmm. not at the same point. And Luis Severino, who as of today suffered potentially another setback. Well, on Tommy Severino John. is a fragile fuck, and we've we've known that for a long time. So mm-hmm. that's no surprise. And uh, Syndergaard, um, yeah, I mean. That's a tricky balance for the Mets, seeing as he's coming up as a, a free agent. So um, yeah. it's kind of a question of him trying to take care of himself. But I know um, the Mets could the Mets could really like Mets themselves. By the way, if they like for some reason feel like they want to like re-sign him, and then they're stuck with all these like great but like really injury-prone stars. Uh, yeah. Look at I think Jacob Degrom, who may not pitch again this year if he has another setback. Yeah, um, and I think back to because. 
Syndergaard had his surgery after sale, right? It was like a month yeah. after or something like that. Yeah. And I remember um, like when he had the surgery, he was, I think he was saying like he wanted to get back as soon as possible and he was going to beat the the timeline and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and it was because, you know, he's coming up as a free agent. So he wanted to get back and prove himself before hitting free agency. Yeah, he wanted to get paid. And meanwhile, you know, it's a different situation with Chris Sale signed long term where both for mm-hmm. him and for the team, you know, they both want to both want to take care of him as much as possible. Because they, they so want him to be really yeah. good long term. So that he's, you know, he's not going to break down again. And I think that's made a huge difference in the, in the situation because, you know, he he came back, he had what, like one setback the whole entire time. And that was getting yeah. COVID. Yeah. Um, or, and then there was like a back thing, I think involved. Um, yeah, but nothing actually involving the elbow, which is right. the most and, important and thing. And then he has his rehab uh, outings. And like after the first two, we're like, all right, he's good. Get him back out here. I don't care if he only throws three innings, like just get him back. And yep. the Red Sox were like, no, we don't care if we lose games right now. We don't care if it looks bad, which it did for multiple weeks in a row um we're gonna take our time with this and do it right and um i think it that paid off i think it was a great decision by the red sox yeah i you're, i mean you're right like the, the biggest thing was you know if you're the boston red sox you've so much invested in this guy but it's the same thing like tommy john you, you know the first time we've we've established that it is possible to come back if you have setbacks and you have to get a second tommy john that's when things get especially hard yeah and so for boston it's it's making sure that that doesn't happen and so you're right. They handle it super well. And obviously, again, only time will tell. But if if Saturday was an indicator of how things are going to go, it was a pretty fucking good indicator. I mean, yeah. It, like I said, uh, I'll take that kind of outing uh, every day of the week. That gives you a chance to win. Yeah. So. And speaking of chances to win, that's exactly what the Red Sox did this weekend. They went and they swept the Orioles, um, as I think you probably predicted or at least indicated um, based on the schedule. Um, and so, I mean, that's that's the bigger picture. Obviously, Chris Sale came back. Obviously, Kyle Schwarber made his Red Sox debut, another piece um, that could potentially be a huge impact for the Red Sox. So coming out of this weekend, you know, based on what you were saying last week and based on, you know, what we saw, um, what are you what are you feeling? Give me, give me your initial reaction here. I feel great. Um, Kyle Schwarber looked really good. He uh, smacked some doubles on Sunday. And, um, you know, we haven't – I don't love how the lineup works defensively with him in there. Uh, we haven't seen him play the field yet. I imagine his position would be left field, seeing as Bobby Dahlbeck is on fire right now. I know. Um, so I don't <laughs> think you're putting Schwarber at first base. Um, having JD in left field is an adventure. Certainly it's not something I love. I mean, you can kind of hide him a little bit with the monster, but, um, I, I, I don't love that. Um, but I mean, you look at that lineup that we had Sunday and I tweeted that out yesterday. I was like, this lineup is perfection. It was all down the lineup. You got guys who can fucking hit. Mm -hmm. Um, it was what Kike at second Dahlbeck at first. Uh, Xander Endeavors, Christian Vasquez, um, and then you had Verdugo in center, JD in left, Schwarber DHing, and Renfro in right. Give me those guys every fucking day of the season, and you know you're going to win way more games than you lose. So, um, you know, Sam, I'm, I'm getting to that point. I, I think it's it, I think it's guarantee time. 
And I think I'm ready to guarantee this team makes the playoffs. You're ready to guarantee. Lock, I mean, lock it in. That's, uh, you know, I, I think that's fair. I agree with you. I'm not going to say anything because I'm always wrong. So I'm yeah, just not going to, we're going to refrain. Um, I tend to jinx things. Um, <laughs> if you ask anyone that knows me. Um, so, hey, man, that's huge. And, and like you said, the lineup just feels like it's everything that's supposed to be. This is really interesting, by the way. Have you seen Kike's numbers since he moved back into the leadoff spot? Um, I imagine they're pretty good because he was getting that uh, Clark's catch up from Section Ten, and yeah, um, yeah, he was he was uh, leading the team for a while there. So he even made my fantasy since, roster. That's that's saying something. So this is yeah, and that is saying something. So just for those at home, um, his on base percentage, which I'm actually pulling up right now, since June 27th, um, is which is when he moved back to the leadoff spot. By the way, just so I'm not naming a random date, <laughs> um, it's the best in baseball. Wait, his on-base percentage? Yep. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. I know. That's a hell of a stat there, Sam. Wow. So no, he, I'm sorry. Like best, in the, best in the American League. Sorry, not... Right, um, I'll, I'll take it. Juan okay. Soto's the best. So that's that's fair. Um, but 408. I was since, literally about to say, like, yeah. he's not an on-base percentage guy. Yeah. Um, but damn, I guess maybe he is. Yeah, 408, which is... You know, it's so interesting, because I just remember, like, the beginning of the year, we were like, why is this guy... You especially were like, why is this guy in the leadoff spot? Why is this yep. guy in the leadoff spot? Yep. Um, and apparently, this is... He fucking gets on base! <laughs> uh, which, hell, man, I love it. Until You know, if it ain't broke, don't don't fix it, you know? It's, it's wild to me, because I assume it probably goes up to that June 27th date, is that leadoff spot was the worst in the American League, and it wasn't close. Yeah. Um, and it's not like we put somebody new. Like we, it was a retread because Kike was there for the first two months of the season. Yep. Um, wow. So I, I don't know. I'm gonna give Alex Cora credit on that one. I, yeah. I don't know who else to credit there. You know. No, I mean that's. And again, I think that's one of the biggest effects of all this. Like the lineup's already good, but having a guy like Alex Cora who can again, and, and I'll speak his praises every fucking week on this podcast, but he knows how to use all those guys and, and make the most out of it. I mean, the fact that he created a winning team with a rotation for most of the season had Garrett Richards and Martin Perez in there. Um, that that deserves fucking manager. Extremely of the year. impressive. And he will obviously not get any manager of the year consideration because of the whole the scandals and everything. Because this yeah. is what writers fucking do. They they hold grudges and shit. Da, right. da, da, da. But if I had a fucking vote, which obviously I don't, nobody wants to give Sam a vote. But I one would day. vote him for manager of the year. One one day, man. All right, <laughs> one day. I'll I'll be making votes for all those Hall of Famers. All right, I'll there give Barry go. Bonds. My well, vote I don't know about Hall of Fame. Hey, just just start with the manager of the year first. All right. Uh, I don't you. I don't know how that works. I don't. I definitely give out votes to like just random members of the incredible the baseball Raiders Association of America. Um, so you got to get there first, and then I, I want to be... be in that for like ten years. Okay, to get there a Hall of Fame vote. All right, you know, you know what I want to do. By the way, if I get an MVP vote, What's I've decided. Um, you know how in 2019, Kevin Pillar technically uh finished 22nd in mvp voting because one person voted for him that's yeah, what i want to do uh ryan tapera yeah an mvp vote yep yep ryan tapera got an mvp and wasn't that on accident too didn't yeah like it was it? that's incredible but like if you go on their like that. baseball reference page ryan tapera finished 18th in mvp, MVP voting last yep. year that's incredible. That's my favorite thing in the whole world. That's all. <laughs> I, I just want to be that guy. And I want it. It's going to be at that point where it's like transparent enough where they're going to be like, who the fuck did it? Like guys that got uh, MVP votes at the bottom, 
Devin Williams, Dansby Swanson, Ian Happ, Max Freed, and Ryan Tapera. There you go. Incredible. Ryan Tapera, stud. There we go, dude. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. So like you have the, this Red Sox team. And obviously this weekend was great. And you're feeling the guarantee. And again, looking at this schedule, massively easy down the stretch. And that that's, I mean, and we can talk about that. That's that's easy to explain why that's that's great. But again, I look at a team like like the New York Yankees, a team that who, by the way, were playing coming up. Uh, you ready for that doubleheader tomorrow? By the way, yeah, or it'll be today to, by uh, the time posts. Be uh, having MLB game day on my computer at work. And there we go. So I guess here's another question when it comes to all these things. Yankees series, obviously. We're going to have three games in two days. Mm-hmm. It's going to answer a lot of questions because Yankees are, what, two and a half games back? And if they win tonight, they'll be two games back? Yeah. So, so again, five games back by Wednesday. Yes. So that's the thing is, is <laughs> you could have, by Wednesday, the Yankees five back of the Red Sox, which, by the way, that means out of the playoffs. That means deeper back in the chase. You could you could seriously set back the Yankees' chances. Yeah. Um, well, and I mean, they'd have they have no chance to begin with. And they suck. what are the what are even the so I'm gonna pull up because Garrett Cole's pitching tonight, so he's not gonna pitch. No, dude, the I, I looked at the matchups today. They got Jordan Montgomery, who he's like legitimately been pretty good lately. Um, and then you have um I, I Oh Luis I, Heel. Luis yeah. Heel. Who by the way, actually like Wait, I think it's I, Heel? Yeah, it's Heel. Yeah. No, I'm definitely calling him Gil. <laughs> I mean, you can call whatever you want, but it's just it's just wrong. No, it's no, it's definitely Gil. <laughs> if that makes you feel better, it makes me feel better. Uh, actually, um, on MLB Network today, Tom Verducci actually did a um, a comp with Luis Heel, and obviously it's very very early. Um, but great move by the Yankees because they acquired him by giving by trading away Jake Cave to the Twins. That was the move. It was just a straight swap. Um, and this guy ends up being their number five prospect right now, according to MLB.com. Um, and uh, Verducci, Tom Verducci, and obviously two starts for Luis Heal. So there's not a huge sample size. Um, this was more kind of just a fun comp to say what it could potentially could be. But his fastball um, was comparable to that of Walker Bueller's, where it doesn't have a lot of vertical drop. Or, yeah, it doesn't have a lot of vertical drop, so it misses a lot of bats. So actually, I'm intrigued to see Luis Heal. Especially, especially yeah, like, against I'm a Red Sox to see him get rocked. Well, because that's the thing is you have a lot of guys <laughs> in that lineup that are good fastball hitters. I'm not we'll even worried about the fastball. I'm just, I'm, this guy's getting rocked. Guarantee it. I mean, if, if, all right. I'm just saying he's somebody that actually like isn't. Sam, I don't awful. know who the fuck he is. Therefore, I mean, he can't I don't, be good. I mean, that's how this I works. don't have a track record. Um, but also for the sake of the debate, so they. There was a there was a graphic that discussed basically the fastballs with the least amount of vertical drop. Um, Garrett Coles was number one. Um, Luis Heels was right above Walker Bueller. But for the sake of the argument, to your point, um, Nick Pavetta was also on that list. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so he's so got Nick some Pavetta. ride on that fastball. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the oh my Steven god shifted wake. Speaking, by the way, of uh, Nick Pavetta, <laughs> he gets to face up with Andrew Heaney. That's oh, amazing. God, no. He's pitching on Wednesday? Yep. Christ. Good luck to the Yankees. They're getting annihilated this week. Good fucking luck. 
What a what a bad trade, by the way. Like I would rather grab a guy from my minor league system. I would than rather pitch, pitch Andrew anyone Hill. else. Literally anyone else. Like you talk about, like else. literally a below replacement. How is he still in the player? rotation? They Dude, have after the whole after the field of dreams game. And then Cortez has been starting lately. He's better than yeah. fucking Andrew or yeah, Andrew Heaney. What's the what's the deal with Kluber too? Like, is he ever coming back? No, he's dead. Is he dead? He's definitely dead. I thought, I thought Cole was dead too, though. He's back. That's a ghost. Uh, let's see. Hold on, I'm on Twitter. Uh, Kluber has a rehab start tomorrow. By the way, yeah, um, he won't make it through. Um, and again, Severino still waiting on MRI results. Uh, no, Gil Gonzalez too. hoping to have an end of the week rehab stint. Ooh. Clint Frazier. Uh, was moved back to the 60-day IL. Um, Gary Sanchez is also trying to rehab. He sucks. Um, <laughs> Chapman could be back midweek. He sucks, too. He sucks, too. Did you did you hear what Zach Britton said today, by the way? I did not. <laughs> he, he told Boone that he shouldn't be the guy that they put in in the ninth inning. That Britton told, said that about himself? Yep. Well, that's, that's good confidence. I love it. I love just everything about this the New York Yankees. This team is just some, a bunch of fucking pussies, dude. Dude, again, the only the only other team I legitimately worry about in that division is the Blue Jays. That's that's it. And I don't even, like, it's not a, like, oh, crap. There's, like, it's just, uh, I worry about them. I mean, that's how little I worry about the Yankees. Oh, I don't want to fucking play some, I don't want to face the Blue Jays in the playoffs, dude. No. I, no, I no, want no, that. No, I mean, no, it's going to happen, no, but I don't uh, want it. It's my is my boy, yeah, Hyunjin Ryu, going to be on the mound in that wild card game? Yeah, him or Barrios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, Robbie Ray, love. He's been good this year. No, he's been good. I didn't, I'm not saying shit about Robbie Ray. Yeah, I, mean, I do. Robbie Ray's going to get this offseason. I mean, me too. I, I mean, I the Robbie Ray thing is wild. The man's got a 4.6 WAR and a 2.88 ERA. But again, this is this is a Red Sox podcast. I won't go on and on about my love of Robbie Ray and Hyunjin Ryu. Yeah, um, save that for another one. So, all right. So now that we've kind of like talked Red Sox going forward, you've given your your guarantee of the postseason. Lock it in. Um, on a little bit of a side note, um, Baseball America released their uh, top thirty, or they ranked all the farm systems in baseball, um, and the Red Sox jumped from twenty last season to nine this season. Now, obviously, Huge Marcella Meyer jump. is a big part of that. But you're right. Still a massive jump. And again, it show it tells you what Heim Bloom has done so far with this team. We were talking about it earlier today, Spencer. Just like the, the adding of guys, like getting like Connor Siebold's in, in the, the Heath Hembry, Brandon Workman trade. I mean, just doing stuff like that to bolster a system yep. is so huge. And it really just speaks volumes to the fact that Heim Bloom is a GM that not only can build a win-now team, but can continue to build for the future, which is it's what the Dodgers are doing. It's how the Dodgers have sustained success all these years is they draft really well. It's the fact that they also have the money to go acquire Max Scherzer's and Trey Turner's. And that's, yeah. that's the thing is, you know, the Red Sox this year without being a team that's a buyer um, still is competitive, still has a deep farm system and will still in the, in the future have the ability to buy, to fill any potential holes. Um, I was thinking that too today, like if, you know, assuming the Red Sox make the playoffs, you know, you go into next year and your farm is is great. It's top 10. And you made the playoffs last year with only trading one middle-of-the-road starting pitching prospect yeah. at the deadline. One. That's, that's all you, you could gave up. Probably live and, without. Maybe it won't even turn into anything. And so, you know, you keep the farm intact and you keep building that while you made the playoffs. Um, 
you know, that's incredibly impressive. And that's what the Rays do. That's what the Dodgers do. And that's who we're trying to be. So um, I think that's that's definitely a good sign. It's just like, I mean, because like, I'll tell you, like the one thing that's been kind of tried and true about the Red Sox is you, you look at all the teams that have won World Series recently for the Red Sox, 2007, 2013, 2018. They're all completely different rosters. And you've seen the Red Sox go from best team in baseball to worst team in baseball to best team in baseball. And like they've, because they've kind of rebuilt, bought 20, you know, 2018 was the most homegrown of the Red Sox World Series, I'd probably say. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it, it just tells you the fact that, you know, even, even when they were homegrown, you still had to go out and buy the Chris Sales and you still had to go, um, you know, give up the Moncadas and Kopeches and all those guys. Right. The fact that, Heim Bloom is saying, no, 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 like we can buy and we can win and we don't have to give up those big guys. Um, that's gonna it's gonna allow them to keep being competitive. I mean, look at the guys that are already coming up. I mean, Jaron Duran has been really solid. I like Jaron Duran. I think he'll be a fun, fun player for the Red Sox. I think um, he I think he fits the roster well right mm-hmm. now. Um, mm-hmm. because you know, down the stretch he's gonna be a pinch runner and that's what a I like replacement. Yep. He can kind of fill those holes. Um, which is, is going to be nice. And then I think mm-hmm. that gives him experience to build off of going forward. I don't think his bat's going to be a big factor down the stretch. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I, but, I would agree with that. But, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. But I think that's a good experience for a young player to have. Yeah. Just like, I mean, the interesting thing with the whole farm system thing is obviously, like, there are so many dudes at so many different places. You know, I look at a farm system like, you know, Let's say, let me, let me pull up this. Cause like the Red Sox, obviously they have guys like Marcella Meyer that we're not going to see until like 2025, 2026. Um, you have some farm systems with guys that are ready to go now that are going to ultimately, you know, go away and not be part of that anymore. Like I look at a, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of one. I was looking at this today. Friggin' no, not any of these. Let's see I mean, the Giants. I don't know. If you I look a point, at- it's gone. If you look at the tent, <laughs> all right, I'll try to save you here with a with another. Point. Help me out. Um, if you look at the top ten prospects, um, I'm looking on socksprospects.com right now. Um, it's it's a nice mix because you got um, you got Duran and you got Tanner Houck on this list, so you got guys that are on the, the active roster right here, yep. right now that are helping, um, and then you got eight other guys there that are that are in the minors that are still to come. Um, you've got Cassis and Jeter Downs that are, you know, within the next year should be on the on the roster, um, and then it goes all the way down to Nick York and Marcelo Meyer, who are a, a couple of years away. So, which by the way, have you seen Nick York's numbers this year? Yeah, I'm seeing that he had a 41 game on base streak that yep. was snapped uh, on August 15th, so yesterday. Yep. Um, yep. That's insane. That's that's His fucking bananas. During that streak, three eighty six, four eighty four, six oh eight. Holy shit! And Is that see, good? coming in, I uh, my impression of him when we drafted him was he was a contact guy, um, a six oh eight slugging percentage. That's some power. That is my yeah. That's some power. Dude, and, and my reaction to him when they drafted him was I was like, oh, he's he's an underslot guy to go reach for later, and yeah. he's somehow he's pulling a ton of value like i mean it's obviously like that's kind of the that'll be the fun thing to look back on when you see where these guys pan out to see if hey you know 
wow, this was actually like a sneaky good draft pick by the Boston yeah. Red Sox, which speaks to, again volumes to the, how they're scouting, what they're looking for in guys. Yeah. Um, also, this uh, this Brian Bello guy um, came out of nowhere uh, to be seventh on this list. So that's a that's an eye to, a guy to keep an eye on going forward. Um, he's, go. he's at Portland Double A. So there we go. Um, he. You know, I know him from my Red Sox out of the park team, and in that game, he's a slap dig prospect. But I'm glad he has made his uh, stock greater than that in real life. So here we go. So by the way, he's pitched 76.2 innings this season. Um, he has 112 strikeouts. Pretty good. Uh, yeah, 112 strikeouts to 23 walks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty. And pretty good. Had a nice year. So good for him. Yep. Good to see there him. we go, dude. Um, so, ah, man, maybe he I, won't know, be like, uh, what was the guy that we drafted? Trey ball. Trey oh, ball. Oh yeah. No, not, not good. Oh man. So, but yeah, I, you know what? I feel good about the Red Sox. Now you just gave the guarantee. I feel good about the Red Sox in the mm-hmm. future. Um, you know, I've come a long way since you really talked me off that ledge a week ago. Well, it's a, it's a good thing I did because um, otherwise you'd be kind of like splattered on the street in Hoboken. But um, that's it, man. Yeah, I, I mean, we don't want that, Sam. We we want you here um, for future podcasts. Um, so that's that it, I can man. Keep proving you wrong. That's it. Yeah, you know, I'm just here actually just to to hype you up. All uh, right, appreciate that. I need it. That's all I'm here for. So, and you're this, this is what happened though. Ultimately, what happened is is you know you were gone on vacation and then I freaked out. So that, that was your fault. You weren't oh, there to so talk me off the ledge. Okay. Well, yeah, you're you're you know like you're the smart one, aren't you? You're the, <laughs> you're the one that's realistic. I'm the one that's like riding the highs and lows. That is that is the truth. And then I ride the lows, so that's that's what happens, man. So, well, well, I'm just here with my even keel, Sam. I'm always here. Well, Spencer, uh, with your even keel, we made it through another podcast. Um, before we go, do you another have another podcast thoughts? where we were not at? Any- at each other's throats so i know um, progress there we go well i, I didn't bring up fip so <laughs> um no, maybe no comment <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's your final thought no, no <laughs> comment nothing i'm just gonna uh I, you know what i'm also glad that uh that i didn't that you didn't try to kill me but uh, i can't promise that going forward um you know we're in this we're in the dog days of summer we're in the postseason push here Spencer. yeah we'll see what happens so but all right that's it for us on WinPod Repeat today. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, hey, you know, tell your friends about us. Give us a listen. Follow us on Twitter at WinPod Repeat. And yeah. Uh, give us, yeah. Give us uh, some likes on our tweets. There you go. And, yeah. Um, watch the tweet at us. get rocked this week. Yeah. No, let's do it, guys. All right. We will uh, catch you next week after the Red Sox rock the Yankees. Peace, y'all.